Now podcasting. We've just had an incredible conversation. It did not happen on the microphone. <laughs> on the and now we are on the microphone. Officially podcasting. Officially, we are podcasting as of right now. What's up, guys? Hello. How's everybody doing? Amazing. We're good. We have a guest today. We do. Do you want to tell the people who our guest is? I feel like you should no, do it. No, I think Yo. she should just tell us who you are. Yeah, that's who true. Are you? No, are what do you mean? This is the guest? first time we're getting to be on the podcast, so you got to introduce me. Yeah, you oh, got to do the okay. sway thing. I got to do the sway <laughs> thing? <laughs> the sway thing, yeah. Okay. What's under your hat, yo? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So, today, for this episode of Something to Say, we have DJ Oso yes. among us here in the crib. Bomb drops. She Bomb is drops. Wild. Pops. Yep. one of the most amazing DJs you can hear in Atlanta. Aww. She has the party bounce that. If you know events in Atlanta, if you haven't been to bounce that, you haven't been to an event. Mm. That's where wow. you go to see the women in the city. Mm-hmm. That's where you go hear the best music in the city, the best vibes in the city. Once a month, bounce that. DJ also. Bars. Bars. That's amazing. And this is this it. is this is one of my really good friends. Like me also hang out. We go bowling. How do you guys know each other? How do you guys know And I almost always win. Oh wow. She's up. Does that mean that she busts your ass or does that mean that y'all just go bowling? First off, she's competitive by like the seventh frame. You're not even talking. Like it's serious. Like it starts off very like, hey, good to see you. And then by frame seven, it's like you're looking at the points. Like, am I up? Am I down? Yeah, because you know if he says something, he will totally throw off your concentration. And the next thing you know, the ball's And that's how she acts. And everyone tries to do that too. And it's so funny. I didn't I knew I was competitive, but yesterday was the, the moment I realized that I was competitive. My best friend um, is pregnant. She's about to have a baby soon. She had a baby shower yesterday, and there was a game. And the game was for every, if you could convince everybody to say the word baby, like you had to collect like a, it's like a little, uh, almost like a little clip that's on them. Okay. And so by the end of the night, I had like, 15 clips on my, because I managed to convince all these people to say baby. At some point, there was like a bag, and I was like, hey guys, what does this bag say? And then someone was like, baby? I'm like, uh, you. Uh, uh, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm at baby showers, I'm here busting ass. It's funny. That's what's up. Yeah, that is a flex. That is a flex. Yeah, and it's funny because anytime I go on dates with guys, <laughs> we we go to like we play bowling or if we go and like play like arcade basketball, I'm always winning, and it's just like that's the first date, and it's always weird. So that's your idea of a good date is like when you can beat his ass and he tolerates it. I is mean, if you sign? can, yeah, if you're if like your ego's still intact by mm-hmm. the end of that date, it's like cool. wow, all right, no, that's a good it's one. Not, it's not on purpose actually. though. It's really not. They're the ones that suggest it. And I'll be like, all right, and they but have you, no idea I'm that competitive. But you Aww. went bowling for your birthday where we like mm-hmm. hung out because yeah. I went bowling with uh, Childish Major and Deshaun, his manager. Okay. And we just happened to be there on the same day. Yes. And we got grouped in with Oso's party. Yeah. And, and the city came out. That yo, was like, everyone that was, was there. Yeah, yeah, everybody was there. So after that, I think she got me that day. I think she got me that day. And then we ended up going back a couple weeks later. And I got her. But the no. last time we went, you caught me. So like you up to one. Okay. 
Okay. I feel like I need to see this play out in person. Yeah, you have to. So, That's yeah, the next yeah, downside yeah. party. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just go bowling. We go bowling and just watch Yo is invite only. People. You know. Yes. I always like to think that every time I play, that I go bowling, I have beginner's luck because I haven't bowled in so long. But it's but just what like, is so long. No, if you could, it'll be like months in between still. Oh, okay. But like I'm like I haven't exercised like my, I don't have, <laughs> like I don't have a lot of upper body strength. So like you can tell by the after like the fourth or fifth, it's just like oh my arms oh, starting right, to hurt now. Like, now, now it's real. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. I remember on her birthday she was like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like it was really very it. like oh my another one. Yeah. Like no. how? Yeah. yeah. No super <laughs> casual energy. But yes, I'm also. Um, I am a. a a DJ. I'm not just a DJ. I do everything. Um, creative direction. I pr- produce events. Um, I'm a great friend, um, daughter, sister, etc. Um, but yeah. Brand partner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brand okay. partner now. And you're originally from Toronto, correct? I am totally Canadian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and totally I was Canadian. definitely Canadian when it wasn't cool to be Canadian. Mm. And people Ooh. still thought we lived in igloos. Like, there was okay. a lot of people who were like, how did you survive? You had to live in an igloo. I'm like, okay. how did you survive? All righty. You don't oh, have the no. internet, do you? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to, like, my ex-girlfriend is from Toronto. Okay. So I'm, I'm familiar with Toronto during the winter a little bit. But, yes. like, it's it's not an igloo, but it's like... Oh, it's cold. Almost an igloo. Like, yeah. it's cold as shit up there. Yes, it's absolutely cold. It's a totally different type of cold. I thought it was like, cold is universal. If it's cold mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. cold in Chicago, it's like, mm-hmm. nah, it's a different kind of cold. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there, and that's why I was just like, how did I live here for this long? And then I also got to a point where I'm like, I also don't have to stay. So there, at some point it was just like, I can go if I want to. It just is weird because it's like you're leaving your family and your friends sure. and everything you know to try to like live somewhere else. And that's really cliche, I guess. Maybe people sure. thought I was crazy. Um, but I was like, I can't do snow ever again. I'm out. So I left. I went to Miami first. Oh, of course yeah. you went to the pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? Of course. We're getting the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, no, I wasn't going because I, I was when I was deciding to be a DJ, I was like, all right, it's not wor- necessarily working out here in Toronto because there's not as much opportunity. And so mm-hmm. it was like Miami or New York. And I'm like, I did the cold. I'm going to just go to Miami. Okay. And so, um, yeah. I so did those that. are the two main cities where you felt like you could pop off. Yeah. And okay. um, it was weird. I did, there was no strategy. I literally had no idea what I was doing. And that's why I call my life a beautiful accident because a lot of things I'm just like stumbling into and when it came to the move to Miami I I really didn't I don't know anybody in Miami especially not at that time and it was just like all right let me just get what was what's now an Airbnb I'll just get one like a travel place for like um, a month and if it works it works and if it doesn't I just go home my parents still love me and you know I'll just go figure it out but um yeah that that move was probably the biggest and boldest move that I made. What was your day job before then? I was working at a call center. Oh. I had I'm a call center homie. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> call center. Shout out to everybody yeah. who worked at a call center. The, the cool thing about my job was that I actually didn't have to talk to customers initially. It was always just stores, like it was for a cell phone company. And um and then once they started being like, you guys have too much time on your hands, like we're gonna start oh. sending you actual customers to activate phones. I was like, oh yeah, nah. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for no I don't have the 
the patience for all this. That's so. the introvert. Yeah. You're like as soon as you start oh, yeah. having to be nice to people. And the blessing, the blessing, the main blessing for that job was the guy sitting next to me was a DJ. And I randomly was like, yeah, as a kid, I wanted to be a DJ. But my mom told me girls didn't DJ. And he's just like, what are you talking about? Tells me about a bunch of different girl DJs and was like, if you want to pull up to the house and just like learn how to mix some records, like, let me know. Mm-hmm. Next day, I'm at his house for six hours. I thought it was like 20 minutes. Six hours just mixing songs. I've never had that much fun in my life. Next day after that, had him come with me to buy like some used old turntables because I didn't know how to like connect them and everything to see if they worked. So he came with me. We picked up the turntables. I brought them into my house. My mom was looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just want to try it. Like, let me just try, you know. And um, I was in that room for like six months straight practicing every day. And it was so much fun for me. And um, I think I told yo, you, I told you the Will Smith story, right? You did. Yeah. And uh, there was a moment where I was like, I think I'm ready to actually go and perform in front of people. And that's where the move to Miami happened because I'm like, it's not going to happen here in Toronto. Or if it, if it is, it's going to take a couple years. And I didn't have that much time. I was like 25 at the time. And to me, that felt like you're old. Like you only have a couple years before you're supposed to make it. Because they always say you have to like, what, thir- be like, um, well off by the time you're 30, yeah. I guess. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the idea. Yeah, that's, that's conventional the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like there was. It wasn't like bad for you to think that, but it was also like if you aren't there, you start panicking and you're like freaking out about life. So, um, I had been watching a bunch of like motivational videos just to hype myself up to, for this move, and there was a video that of like a compilation of Will Smith interviews, and in the interviews, uh, he was mainly talking about fear. And okay. uh, stepping outside of it, um, what's the point of a plan B? It distracts you from plan A. Got on my computer, wrote my resignation letter, quit the next day, and then was like, I'm going to Miami. And uh, for me, it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue. I didn't know it was networking. I'm walking around, introducing myself to people, telling them I'm Canadian and I just want to try it. <laughs> and they're just like, wow, how did you, like, who does that? Because it's still just like very unconventional. And so I think people admired that and wanted to just help and support and give me opportunities. And my first gig, um, I went up to play scared as shit and fucking Will Smith was in the room. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like, where was this? Uh, this yeah, what side of Miami is this? Um, this was on the beach. This was uh, 2000 and end of 2011. And um, it was a dive bar, not a place you'd fucking oh, imagine wow. Will Smith is at. I In my brain, I'm also never thinking I'm going to be in the same space as him, not even like walking down the street. And the man walked in and I was just like, oh shit, the first time I'm playing in front of people and it's literally in front of him. How like, soon did you know he was there before you actually touched it was the before, table? It was right before I set up. <gasps> wow. Right before, as I'm walking up, I'm getting yelled in my ear, uh, don't be alarmed, Will Smith is here. <laughs> don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. That's like, hey, spoiler alert, everybody dies. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. don't be alarmed. <laughs> don't be alarmed. Like, wait. No, right, and so, um, I went up there and I damn near blacked out because I just remember like little snapshots in my head of what happened. But um, I went into this little like new Jack swing set, played Motown okay. Philly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Good he was in the middle of the dance floor going crazy. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're so like, shit, I have to like. I have to perform. You have one hour to just kill it. And and I just killed it. And 
that shit was wild. So at the end of the set, I was like, can someone bring me over there? Like, I want to meet him. And they're like, he left at the very end of your set. And I was just Oh, like, he knew what his priorities were. He was like, I'm going to join. Got what, he got what he needed. He got yeah. what he needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was fulfilled. By the end of my set, he was like, <laughs> I don't need to see anything else. I'm out. I'm out of here. Yeah. She just killed it. That's yeah. what I did. And um, I was like a little sad about it. Because at that time, I wasn't necessarily as like conscious and just aware of moments that I'm supposed to be like recognized and in that moment I wasn't thinking I'm I'm on the right path I was just like sad because I'm like when the fuck am I ever gonna see this man again yeah when am I gonna see him again right like it was crazy so but after a few days I'm like you know what this is definitely a message from God like this has to be Mm -hmm. some sort of thing that's letting me know that you're doing the right thing just keep trying and see what happens so I didn't leave after that month I stayed there for a year I started renting a room and um, around the time where I I started noticing I was getting like pigeonholed into the classic hip hop because a lot of like during that same first night there was like NBA like older NBA players with their wives and the wives were like we're doing this dinner can we book you for this like I I DJed for Chris Bosh and like his wife it was like wow I'm doing this with my first year of DJing that's wild so but they had seen your set from that night and they were like, can you do that again, basically? Yes, absolutely. Got you, got you. You picked yeah. a hell of a night to go in that dive bar. Hey, man, that was, yeah. Will Smith welcomed you to Miami. I yeah. just remember right. he had that Literally, song. he said, Benvenidos a yeah. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To DJ Oso's career. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and wouldn't even have known. Like, that was that was a moment. That was definitely a moment. And so then after that, what was it? Um, I started getting pigeonholed into classic hip hop and was because I looked younger than I was, you know? People were like, how do you know these records? Were you alive when they had, and it just was like, <laughs> oh my God. sure, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, let me get these back. checks, like, let's go, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But then I was getting a little discouraged because like, I wanted to hang out with people my own age and it was oh. like, how do I pivot? I didn't know yet, but um, around that time, so uh, I don't know if you guys know of her, but her name is Moni Love. She was a rapper oh, in the yeah. 90s. That's my homie. There we go. Moni is the homie. So she literally took me under her wing on some like, you're new, you're from another country, I wanna make sure that no one takes advantage of you. And also her mom lives in Toronto, so like there was just like a, it was very serendipitous, that like connection. And um, I started like hanging out with her and her friends and I'm not realizing that I'm like, she's a celebrity. She has celebrity friends. So one night she's just like, oh wait, quick backstory to this. That first concert I went to and saw a DJ, mm-hmm. Talib Kweli. I was like, what? it was a huge fan. I was a huge fan of like underground hip hop growing up. And so my first concert was a Talib show and there was a DJ on the stage and I was, and he was cutting up and just like dropping records. I was like, wow, he's playing all the songs I want to hear. I wanted to do that. Okay, so fast forward now, hanging out with Moni and she's just like, yeah, it's my friend's birthday today. Do you want to um, come out with us? And I was like, sure, whatever. So we're walking up to this venue and Talib is standing there and I'm just like, Moni, like <laughs> and she's just like yeah that's my friend that's who we're going to see now and it's like what the fuck? so i'm texting my friends who are also fam I'm like you have no idea because then um we went from like that spot to like another we went and it was fabulous his birthday and now we're hanging oh, out with so on the i was driving so on the drive there he was like um do you mind if we all just go in one car i was like sure uh-huh. so he's sitting in the front seat and i'm texting my friend like Guess who the fuck is in the passenger seat right now? Talib fucking Kali. Like, it was crazy. But uh, he ended up being such a down-to-earth cool person. And so, like, we hung out, like, other times since then. But, um, 
Yeah, so I met him. I met Snoop. She and I. That was I. I, I smoked with Snoop here for the first time in like 2013, I think it was. Okay, wait. You have to break that down <sighs> because you know he talks about how like the only person to ever out smoke him was like Willie Nelson or something like that. So how oh, are yeah, you no. keeping up with Snoop? It wasn't a keep up thing. It was like a <laughs> he passed me the blunt and I was like, this is a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it. And that was it. And that was it. All you need is a pass. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you really need. Yeah. You can't really do like all nighter with Snoop. No, like not there was. I had no intentions of doing that <laughs> at all. Because on top of that, like I'm still a lightweight, so I, he would have, yeah, smoked me under the table. But um, met him, and it just was like a lot of really cool moments with Moni. Moni's like one of my like coolest friends that I've ever had. And um, one night she's like, "Hey, um, my friend Spinderella is in town. Would you want to open up for her?" And I'm just like, "Spinderella? What? Of course I fucking want to open up for Spinderella. Like this is bucket list shit, you know? Right. Like she's one of the first to be a woman and to DJ and to and to like open that lane up for us. And it there wasn't a lot in between that, you know what I mean? Like I said, when I was starting to DJ, it wasn't that cool yet. There was no controllers and whatever. Like everyone was still playing with techniques and and Serato, and so it wasn't that cool, but I'm like, fuck yeah. So I'm at this venue, really cool spot. It was like the basement of a hotel. Looked like It was called Rec Room. It looked like a man cave kind of thing. And um, there's like, so where I'm sitting right here and where Yo is, that the VIP area was right there, right? Okay. Where you guys are and I'm DJing right here. DJing, DJing, DJing. And then Moni's on the mic and she's like, no, he's not here right now. And so I look up, I'm like, who the heck is she talking about? So you see like Kevin Hart walk in. I'm like, oh shit, Kevin okay. Hart. And you see like Boris Kojo and I'm like, oh shit, Boris Kojo. And then, it, and then it's like the cast of the Husbands of Hollywood, right? Uh -huh. And they're all walking in. Dwayne Martin comes in and guess who's fucking friends with Dwayne Martin? Fucking Will Smith. Yeah. So now, yeah. within 12 months, I've been in the same room as Will Smith, DJ, and I'm DJing. How? How is it possible? So he walks in and I'm like, oh my God, don't have a heart attack, don't have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm DJing my set and in the middle of my set, like she's saying my name on the mic, in the middle of my set, Will looks over at me and he's like, go Oso, go Oso. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. oh, 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 okay. Yeah, so there's that. And so at the end, <laughs> the end of it, I'm gonna fast forward. At the end of it, I was just like, I need to meet him. Please do not let this man leave today. Oh, like this has to happen, yeah. Right. So they brought me over to him and he put his arms out. He was like, oh, so, and he grabs me in, gives me a hug, said I did a great job. And then um, at the time I had a website called kissmyoso.com because I thought that shit was funny. <laughs> and so I was having people like, all the celebrities I was meeting, I was just having them kiss me on the cheek in the picture. Mm -hmm. And so I asked Will and he was like, sure. And so he kissed me on the cheek we took a picture and i didn't wash my face for like two days because i was like this is definitely one of those I can't feel forget like this yeah no, no for sure. i'm gonna run around here i'm smell like independence day and i'm happy about it yes and so yeah so that's the will smith story i haven't i really want to talk to him i would love to just like sit down and have tea and talk about his perspective of life it's very unconventional to what i was raised with like my parents are east african mm -hmm. i was raised muslim so it's like it's very extreme sometimes and especially being a girl you don't get a lot of liberties it's you girls don't do anything you're supposed to just you know cook and clean and just like serve a man which is so sad so um i'm like the the black sheep of my entire family for sure um and me deciding to finally live for myself has been the best decision i've ever made in my life 
What mm. does your family make of what you do now? Um, so there was a chunk of time my dad thought I was stripping. Um, and, oh, what? And, Wait, what? and I was like, come on, dad. I would have you so much Miami. more wow. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, still calling you asking like, for help. Right, like, and like, yeah, no. Um, I hate it when parents just get like one thought lodged in their minds and they're like, this is reality, you yeah. know? Yeah, no. And and, and that's the it, for them, I'm, I feel so sad. Even my mom right now, like she really doesn't believe she's capable of things. And I'm like, she's so smart. She's so creative. I'm like, I get a lot of who I am through her. And she still feels like she can't do certain things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how? I don't know. But it's it takes deprogramming. Yes. Um, It takes want like really wanting something different for your life because up till that point like I'm like I'm not going to school I'm, I, I went to I did six months at this like in this program that was apparently supposed to bridge you into a university like a university you were going to get a university degree for four years but you couldn't get into that that school without taking without like killing your grades in high school which mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't necessarily do um and so I took this bridging program killed it like I'm thinking I'm killing this bridging program I'm for sure getting into these schools and they said that the like the director of the program was like oh yeah you you're able to bridge so all of a sudden I'm getting like letters saying unfortunately not blah 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 and I'm like what the hell is going on and so I go back to the program director like I'm killing it what's the explanation to why and he was like um well sometimes schools change their prerequisites and I'm like so I just paid money to take a program mm -mm. that actually is not getting me what you said you were gonna give the me G. what the fuck mm -hmm. oh yeah the nah G. so look so mm -hmm. I dropped out the program was like six grand and I remember thinking to myself now I gotta pay back this six grand this is annoying so I'm like I'm never going Going back to school until I know exactly what I want. So I do want to go back to school at some point, but I really want to make sure I know it's exactly. what I want to do, and I'm willing to invest in, at that time. But right now, I'm like, what I'm what I've created for myself is really really cool, and um, I've never been happier. So, Absolutely. Yeah. do your parents recognize that you're successful now? Like, do they understand it a little bit? I don't think I now? don't think they do. Yeah, they do. I don't think they do. I think they're just like she's happy and she's like I don't think they realize that. Like I think maybe when when I bought the house, yeah. They know uh, you're not struggling. They know you're not out yeah. here like or oh, for sure or stripping. Yeah, it's funny because like, my dad like he asked to borrow money one, like last year sometime. Oh, wow, and I was just like that lets me know that he know he knows that, that you I'm know doing I'm all right out here. Yeah, and then and then I gave him the money and he was like, I'm gonna pay you right back. I was like, don't worry about it. Then he was just like, what? What are you talking <laughs> what about? What you mean? Don't worry about it. It was a, a not a little bit of money, and so for him to be like, you just said, don't worry about it. Okay, she must be doing something right. So, yeah, I don't know. I but I have a younger brother, younger sister. Like my brother is also very programmed a little bit, like with the way that um, they were taught that this is what success looks like, and right. so and it's very um, comfortable. And I hate it because it's like my brother was a creative growing up. He taught himself how to produce music, and he quit because he felt like the odds were one in a million. But going mm. to school wasn't, you know, getting like becoming a financial advisor wasn't. So he's happy. I'm glad that he's happy. I just wish that he could still like feed that part of um his like himself, you know. Absolutely. I want to go back just a quick second because we were talking about Miami yeah. and coming from Toronto. Obviously, the the culture in Toronto is very African based West Indian based like yeah. it's, a, it's a different type of I guess the the black culture or the, you know the urban culture or whatever you have you in Toronto right. so you get to Miami and you're a fan of underground hip hop what is the culture shock if any 
that you go through in Miami when you first get there. And when, are we talking about just like the actual events that I was playing? Or are we the talking about you the were people? Playing and just the people, the music, the whole culture of Miami versus being in Toronto and like you know, you. the whole introduction to Southern culture. Now you're living in the South. Right. Um, I, I, I think that, I don't know, I gravitated towards people who loved underground hip hop. And so it was like, it nat I, naturally I was at events that were always, you know, the Commons and the Talibs and the Moses, you know, like the, the Wu-Tangs. Like I ended up being in those spaces with people who were fans of that music too. So mm -hmm. that's why it didn't feel too far off from being in Toronto. Um, but in terms of the, it felt a little bit like I was missing a lot of like cultural stuff. And when I say mm -hmm. cultural, I just mean like, in Canada, we're, we don't, we're not black Canadians. We're Africans, we're Caribbean. Specific. Yeah, and very, oh, yeah. it's Jamaicans, Guyanese, Trini, and then like all the different Africans, Ethiopians, Somalians, Kenyans, like there's just so much of us and everywhere that you go, you see yourself. And so when I was in Miami, it wasn't, I was on the beach, so it was like a lot of tourism, so you're not necessarily seeing a lot of black people. But then when I was talking to the, the black people, the black experience in America is very different than the black experience in Toronto, for sure. Yeah, the first time I went to Toronto, the cab driver asked me, like, I guess he assumed I was an American. He was like, where are you from? Like, And I was like, America. He was like, so what are you? I'm like, I'm black. He was like, no, nah, but like, <laughs> what are you? What are you? And I was like, I don't, my parents are black people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, That's I'm not West Indian. I'm not, you know, African. Yeah. Like, there's no ethnic thing for me to go back to. I mean, I'm sure there is, obviously, right. but just. My parents were black people. Their parents were black people. Yeah. Like, See, that's not an answer in Toronto. Right, it's not an answer in Toronto. Mm -hmm. He was looking at me crazy, like, all right, like, uncultured swine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he right, might have been right, like, all right, you're dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's the vibe he gave me. So I just shut up. I was like, okay, yeah, clearly, like, that's just me being a dumb American. Like, so, like, you got to see Will Smith twice in mm -hmm. 12 months in Miami. But what the hell brings you to Atlanta, then? Okay, so... It was expensive as fuck to live in Miami. Oh, yeah, sure. That's number one. Okay. I didn't necessarily want to leave because I did love being able to lay on the beach on Christmas, you know? Oh it's like God. it's still it sunny and on nice. Beach and, uh, on Christmas. Yeah. That might be the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, and I, I, didn't, I didn't want to lose that, but it was so expensive and I wasn't where I needed to be financially at that time. Oh, I see. It wasn't, DJing wasn't paying, paying the bills like that. I was still doing it full time, but I sure. wasn't getting enough opportunities to cover like a $2,500 apartment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was about to go home. I was so close. And a friend of mine who lived here was like, before you go home, just consider this. I have an extra room in my apartment. I'm never home. Come to Atlanta and see what could happen there. You never know. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he was the one who presented the idea. and that, But then I always look back and think, wow, there were so many moments of when I wanted to move to Atlanta that I didn't remember until after the fact. Wait, like what? Um, well, one, I applied to go to Clark when I was in high school. I didn't even remember wow. this until recently. Damn. I applied to go to Clark because I was like, I just want to go to Atlanta and be there. Um, the jersey, I had this, the picture my mom sent me recently, and it was me holding my baby sister, and it was like 2002 and I was wearing a Michael Vick jersey. What? And I'm like, mm. I didn't even, I didn't even, I don't even know if I bought that for myself or. <laughs> Where it came from. Yeah, just... oh, and then, and then, and this is like so funny. The first time I listened to Make the Trap Say A, OJ the Juice wow, Man, I was right. like, I want to go to Atlanta. <laughs> like, this is fun. That's like, it. The Chamber of Commerce has yeah, to hire yeah, OJ yeah, the Juice Man. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the invoiceable idea of this. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so it. that was, and, and 
it was weird because then there was that whole gap in between of me just trying to pay off all my debt from that stupid course that I took and trying to figure out like where, what I wanted to do next. And when DJing came up, Atlanta still wasn't there. It was just like, it had to be presented to me. Mm-hmm. And when it was, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, let me try it, you know? And um, so once I came to Atlanta, man, everything went just like, it was like all the steps were already there for me. So leading up to the move, I was um, looking to get access to equipment, like DJ equipment. And um, they had a Scratch Academy, which is a DJ school in Miami. So I had like sent a cold email and was like, look, I would love to intern if I could just get access to equipment. And the, the, the person who was running the school was like, you know what? come on in, like, I want you to actually help me teach students as opposed to, you know, sweeping and answering phones. And so all of a sudden now I have all this experience teaching other people how to DJ because of that moment, right? So I get to Atlanta and I call him up and I'm like, hey, Jamie, um, is there ever going to be a scratch in Atlanta? And he was like, they're about to open one in two weeks. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I can try to plug you in if you want. I was like, sure. So I ended up meeting the people there and they were like, look, we already hired our six DJs to teach, but like, well, I want you to come to the training and we'll keep you on standby for like, you know, if we need more instructors. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. And the day I go in for training, I was that first person there. I was like an hour early. I was like... (laughs) I'm like, I would just go early. I just start talking and politicking with um, the, at the time, who was the one that was supposed to train us. And um, he was just like, you know what? I like you. I'm going to put you on as an instructor now. And I'm like, wow. wow. So I had a job in two weeks Amazing. of being in, in Atlanta. And then my friend who was uh, supposed to be, that had the apartment, he ended up taking a residency in Houston. So he was like, the apartment's paid for for six months. Damn. <gasps> So the you could dream. just you yeah. could just work and stack and yeah. be living off the yeah. six yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. and then a couple months later, I one of the other DJs I was the instructor at um, the school. Um, his name is Evil King Sofa, and um, why do I keep saying it backwards? Sofa King Evil is his oh, name. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but his Instagram is Evil King Sofa, so I was gay. But yeah, anyway, so he was like, "Yo, would you want to open up for uh, us at this party? It's called Down and Dirty. We have it every third Saturday at Graveyard, and it's like majority Southern classics." And I'm thinking to myself, "Hell, fucking yeah!" Because that's like now growing up, my music taste changed after I started hearing fucking OJ the Juice Man. I started just learning about music in the South as a whole. Mm-hmm. So. I went through a rabbit hole of just like listening to everything from the South, um, including like the te- like the Texas and it just was the Memphises, everything. So now I'm playing this party and it was so much fucking fun. So much fucking fun. Pastor Troy, someone will play a Pastor Troy record. Someone will play a Yang and Twins record. And I would just see it's everyone go crazy. crazy in it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that if I could ever imagine what the ideal gig was, it was that. Mm. And so I'm like, oh shit, I'm literally, and then it turned into, do you want to play with us every month as your residency? So that was my first residency in Atlanta. And I still have it to this day, five years later. That was oh, the yeah. first place I saw you. Really? I saw you, so uh, Summer Walker, not not singer Summer Walker, <laughs> the other Summer Walker. The manager Summer the ma- Walker? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have to yeah, do that yeah. every time. You do? Time. Yeah, now I have to come up with some like OG Summer Walker, the <laughs> Summer Walker something, I don't mm-hmm. know. But she hit me. She was like, "Yo, you want to go to this party with me at Graveyard?" I was like, "All right, cool." So we go in there, and then it, and it was it was so fucking evil in yeah. you. And I was like, "Oh, this is crazy!" Like, and I I hadn't seen 
That was my first time seeing either one of y'all spin before. Okay. But and had yeah, you was, seen a party like that? Not like that. Yeah. That was like that was a. Well, see, I'm old, right? Okay. So <laughs> I the. That reminded me of how Atlanta parties used to be. Right, yeah. right, right. Like, yeah. it's not how they probably presently are now, or at least, like, how they turned into once bottle service and VIP and right, all that right, shit right. turned into a thing. But, like, a bunch of people jumping around, sweating, like, every word, every song, top of their yeah. lungs, like, one They were of stage diving, and the stage was, like, a foot up. <laughs> yeah, it's not that high. It's, like, you're not really even on the stage. That's like jumping barely, off a porch step. Yeah. It's like, oh, Pretty okay. much, yeah, yeah, Oh, but they were getting carried through the room, and yeah. that's why I was like, I've never seen that this in energy. my life. That kind of energy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. Yeah. So okay. So that's so that was pretty early too. That was probably like 2015. Yeah, I would say 2015 ish. Yeah, about yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, and so there's just so much story, guys. You yeah. sure you want to talk about all this? I mean, <laughs> it's like incredible. So all of that lined up for you. Oh yeah, that's beautiful accidents. I'm telling you, I did not plan any of it. I did. The only thing I maybe possibly strategized was all right. The internet is booming right now. Social media is booming right now. This is before Instagram still. It was like Twitter and then SoundCloud. And so I'm like, what's the best way to get people from other cities to hear how I play? And I'm like, I'm going to just put mixes on SoundCloud and see what happens. And so within six months, I think I got like the first million plays on my SoundCloud from mixes. And somebody from Boston, I'll never forget it, I got an email from um, this party series in Boston called Purple, and they were like, hey, we love your mixes, we would love to know how much um, you would charge to DJ, um, plus we cover your travel and lodging. And so I go back to this, the collective of DJs that I'm a part of called Cobra, those are the ones that oh, do yeah, Down and yeah, Dirty, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, guys, how much should I charge? Like, I didn't even know. I was about to do that shit for free. I was just like, you're gonna pay for me to get up there? This is gonna be cool. And so they pretty much had a down and dirty up there. Uh And it just worked out so beautifully. I didn't charge nothing. I charged some money. There you go. um, That was my first time experiencing, like, just getting, like, flown out to play um, and headline. Like, me headlining, it it wasn't a a thing that I was thinking was happening. But that was the first one, and that was at the top of 2015. So I've been actually doing a lot of really big things early on yeah, yeah. Um, that I didn't even realize until kind of now like when I look back at it you know but what keeps you like moving because you do bounce that and we talked about before you even like released the first flyer we talked about bounce that yeah how this was your vision mm-hmm. like that consistency of I want to continue moving how do you keep that energy um well I always put my situation myself in a situation to where it feels like I have to I created a an event that employs people and I couldn't not have them have this continuous opportunity. Like I have nail girls, a baby hair station. I have someone doing temporary face tattoos for me to go and be like, all right, I'm scrapping the whole thing. Now I'm stopping people from getting money. And so I looked at it from like the the angle of look, this is helping a lot of other people, especially even the people who are just coming to attend. I'm Mm. like, what, what do I need emotionally and mentally to be able to manage doing all this every single month? Cause I am do, it's very much like, um, it's not a thing for me. It's more so a thing for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it does get really, really draining, but. A labor of love. Yeah, it, exactly. Mm. And um, and so that keeps me going. That and just like the reaction I get from people who come to the event for the first time, people who come every month. I've got people who've come every month since March. 
It's weird to even say the party only started in March. Yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, it's okay. Great. It's new. It's super new. Okay. So backtrack a little bit. How did um how did the idea for Bounce Not come up? Okay, so doing hella parties, living in Atlanta, 2015 was crazy, 2016 got crazy too. Um, but I was noticing that the conversations that people were having with with me made me feel like I only was a DJ. It's like, okay, cool. She only she only spins parties and especially she only spins like turnt parties. And it's like, I don't only play rap. Like I love playing Caribbean music. I love playing R&B during parties. And so I was like, things have to change. So I started like, even during parties that you wouldn't typically hear reggae, I just started playing them. And I'm like, nah, I gotta show people my range at this point. Mm -hmm. But in that, uh, I was also like this, there's a very particular party that's missing um, from Atlanta. And it's a party that celebrates women, especially black Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing down in my notes, I'm like, man, a party that was just like Trina, Lil' Kim, like a party that was just like that would be amazing for girls. But I think I was getting in my own way. I I still felt very new to Atlanta. And so I I got in my own way. I didn't do it. I just focused on my personal DJ gigs and was like, when the time is right, I'll do it. And so at the top of 2019, that was my, this year was like, what is the one thing that I really want to work on? And that's execution. Um, That's execution of my ideas. And so Bounce That was the first thing. And I went back into my notebook from, I wrote down 2016. So I knew I had like a little timestamp of when all these ideas came about. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything from the blue room, because I wanted it to feel like you're walking into the first scene of Belly. And then like, there you go. And especially because blue looks so good on like black women's skin. So our black people's skin. And so there was that. And even like the girls with the lollipops and like the types of songs that I was going to play and the idea of the first flyer. I just wrote all these down in my notes Closed the thing up and didn't even do it. So I'm like, <laughs> shit. It was all right there for you. It was you all the whole right time. there. And um, it would have been, I, I, honestly, I believe so much in God's timing. So I don't, I'm yeah. not mad at it not happening in 2016 because sure. now probably was the perfect time. Because yeah. I'm able to also leverage all of the shit that I've done as a DJ. Yeah. So the event production is not just like me, Green, coming in and just starting a party out of nowhere. It's right. like, oh, I have so much experience yeah. that it just makes sense. And people were actually waiting for it. People were like, we've been waiting for you to have like your own party for years. I'm right. Like, Right. Yeah. First one hit capacity in 45 minutes. Amazing. There was like 100 people standing outside, couldn't get in. Yeah. We do them at uh, MJQ. I think it's a blessing to even have access to such a legendary venue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't. So that has been amazing too. Yeah. And it was exactly what I wrote down in the book. I was like, I wanted it to be MJQ. Well, my uh, my fellow journalist friend was talking to me earlier this week about like the life cycle of an idea. Mm-hmm. Like when you initially get it, like it seems like the greatest thing in the entire world. Like nobody's come up with this shit before. <laughs> but then the life cycle, it eventually comes to like, oh, this is a terrible, it's a shitty idea. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the person to do this. But the thing is like most people don't come back around right, right, right. and execute it. So it's cool that at the top of 2019, you were like, listen, it's, a, it's about to be about execution. Yeah. Most people don't yeah. get to that point. They're just like, oh, okay. I've had cool. a lot of ideas hap- like where I've written them down and didn't do anything about it. And then like a year and a half later, someone else came up with the idea and ah. then did it. And so that was also like a little bit discouraging for me. It's like, bitch, if you don't do these fucking ideas, <laughs> like so get it together. Little. And so that's why I was like, no, I knew and I felt it. I was like, something felt like, if you don't start this right now, this is gonna happen now because it is the right, the perfect moment with like women in rap music mm-hmm. right now. It's 
their spotlight is huge. So it's like, why not, you know, use this moment now versus like, okay, next year might be too late and it might not be as sexy of an idea, but I'm just, I'm glad I started it. I mean, incredible. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And that's like so cool too. Cause like with nightlife, it's always like, I don't know, you you hope for the best and that everybody could just like sort of like get along or whatever, but like for women to have a space space, and I'm sure and imagine for black women in particular, mm-hmm. it's like just to have a space where they feel like they could just like, you know, like let loose. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that sort of recalls like the o- whole origins of like balanced music. Like every time I read about these shows that Big Frida does and things yeah. like that, like I love the visual of like the men just kind of like standing around the perimeter. Um, we don't even have men around the perimeter. We actually make it so that men can only come if they're escorted by a woman. And Which so is, yeah. we don't have a lot of guys. When we do, it's like the couples are just like on the side mm-hmm. or in the corner together. Just chilling. Um, yeah, hanging out or he'll go get her a drink. She'll be turning mm-hmm. up in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring back the drinks, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you get me. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure the ice cubes is cold, <laughs> nigga. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and and that was the other the main thing. It was like, how do I create a safe space that actually celebrates Black women and our experiences? So, a lot of the music that you're hearing are Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, getting your nails done, getting your baby hairs done. Um, that's that's us. Like our fashion, we get to celebrate our fashion, dress as comfortably as we want to, but still be fly and all the pictures, whenever I look back at recap photos and stuff, I'm like, ooh, this party's so sexy. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it. And so now the goal is to, how do I extend the reach? And um, I have just, I'm blessed to have moments like Red Bull reaching out to have me produce a bounce at specifically for um, their music festival here in a couple weeks actually. And the moment that conversation happened, that happened in May. So that means I had only been doing the party for like two to three months by That's that mm. point. And so for them to be like, we're hearing a lot about it, would you be down to produce one for our, our festival? Ah. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, hell fucking yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. This is the, all the ideas that I have in this book, I'm literally like, I want this, I want that, I want it. You guys are gonna find out about this ahead. When does this come out? I'm not trying to tell everybody everything about the yeah like yeah 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 okay well one thing I don't mind talking about is my um, bounce that survival fanny pack so inside the fanny pack is gonna be like lip gloss like oh my god we're gonna have like nail diggy cows we're gonna have like edge control and like I'm trying to get like a little perfume bottle in there and stuff so it's just like everything that you need you know hair tie in case you're just like all right all the stuff that you're like scrambling to get in like the 15 minutes before you were supposed to bend out of the door even though you were supposed to leave like 30 minutes ago or whatever yeah Yeah. it's all in there so thank you yeah I thought that would be really cute um yeah all, you're gonna laugh when you see the um the photo booth stations there's two very cool off well, once we are yeah. done i'll tell you about it but okay. very very cool photo booth stations too oh my god yeah and we're gonna have the beauty parlor again still just have like the girls doing the nails and stuff so with red bull did you have a vision of what you wanted balance that to look like with them um i and this is me I was afraid to do this, but I had written down what I wanted my one year anniversary to look like. And Mm. I was like, you know what? This could be the moment that I have Red Bull actually help me execute that whole concept. So Mm. this is actually technically what the one year anniversary would look like. To me, it's like, I might as well do it now and then I'll make it even bigger when the one year comes. True. Yeah, so they're pretty much, all these ideas I had were what I wanted for the one year anniversary. You wrote everything down. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Yeah. I imagine just like stacks and stacks of composition notebooks mm-hmm. that you have, like mm-hmm. the whole. Are life. they composition notebooks? Or are they moleskins? The, some are the composition ones. This one was like a weird little few ring booklet thing and the funny thing is like I wrote on the lines and then all of a sudden I wrote all around the lines and then it was like I just wanted to keep everything on one page for some reason and then, <laughs> so it looks chaotic but all, all, all the stuff's on there that's what's up yeah amazing yeah so before you got here you called me because we wanted to talk about an album and okay we wanted also to pick an album we discuss it mm-hmm. and she told me like she didn't come up with one yeah but like how did you explain music to you as a DJ Okay, so I'm I can't remember what the word was that I wanted to try to re- like compare it to, but when it comes to how I consume music now, it's literally just like you're just getting fed so much music. There's no time to actually listen to it and be a fan of it. I haven't been able to be a fan of music in a, honestly eight to nine years. Once I started DJing, I started listening for different things and I had to start focusing on, all right, what's gonna move a crowd or what's this song that I could play at the beginning of a night? And it's not really me sitting there and just like taking it all in. And so that's one thing I really miss about mm. music because it's like, I want, I really wanna enjoy the art, but I my brain can't anymore. Almost. It feels scientific. Uh. Yeah, it's very much like, you know that meme with, um, what's the guy from the... Uh, Zach Galifianakis yeah how do I solve this equation okay plug this here this yeah. here play this here play this first everything, verse play this, yeah. everything I do it feels like that now and it's so weird because it's just like I just want to turn my brain off but. yeah I feel like with DJs that's always a really tricky balance that they have to strike because it's like they have to come forward with their own identity and their own sort of artistic voice because as you've been saying like throughout this interview it's like you didn't want to be pigeonholed you wanted to make sure you had your range out there yeah so it's about getting making sure that your identity is seen and heard. But then at the same time, it's like, there's always like this service element, like you're sort of in service to the crowd. And I'm like, that's always an interesting thing I like to hear about from DJs is like, how do you balance, you know, um, sort of maintaining your own integrity and then also sort of like recognizing that your job is to play for an audience. Yeah. You know? Um. In a lot of the parties I do, there's always this big ass sign that says no requests. Yeah. And so it's like we do get the you know the freedom to to play whatever we want. And then mm-hmm. we were like, all right, there's so many different types of people in this room. How can I touch a little bit of everybody? So that that takes a lot. So again, it's just like when I'm listening to music, I'm like, where is this gonna go? For what crowd? And and. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. It's like it's, I care so much, and that's why I am constantly thinking about it. Some people, I have DJ friends who still are fans and listen to music the same way, but it's because they literally only play like one crate of music and they don't, they're like, I've been doing this so long, I'm just gonna keep play, rotating these songs. Mm. And so it becomes robotic for them. They don't have to think. I'm literally like, thinking about everything every day. When you're like literally in the middle of a set, you have to think of the next five to 10 songs. Right. And even after that, all right, is it, are they gonna fuck with this? If it doesn't, if they don't fuck with it in that first five minutes, you gotta pivot again. So it's like some people care and some people don't, but I definitely care. So let's talk about that. Cause I think that's interesting. Like the, the mind of a DJ. Cause like I've had DJ friends that I've sat in the booth and kind of watched them spin parties and watched them kind of analyze what they're supposed to do. What is that like from the time that you get on the tables to begin with? Like, do you know where you're going? How, 
how scripted is it and how much freestyling is it and how much are you watching the crowd and kind of feeling the room out? Mm, you got to watch the crowd throughout the whole set. Like you have to look up every other song almost. Um, so I, I try to just like scan the room. There's, n- there's no real like prep at all. The only prep I do is just to make sure that like when I download a new song, I put the cue points and everything where they got to go so I'll know where to bring the song in. But that's it. I go in there and I'm like just watching um, how everybody's playing. I'm watching how people are reacting to it. Um, I'm watching what doesn't work. So I'll be like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I just go up there and freestyle. I go up there and freestyle. But like throughout that night, I am thinking of like what song would be really cool to start with. That first song is like yeah. that first song when you have like a middle set or a headlining set that sets the tone. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And so it depends. That's oh man, it's so intricate. Then like if the DJ before me went and was like, I'm gonna just do this fully turnt set. I'm not gonna keep being turned. I'm gonna dip the, I'm somewhere. dipping the energy all the way back down, and then I'm bringing it back up again. Because to me, it's just like I want you to be like, oh yeah, no, Oso's playing now, you know? Right. So, what is that feeling like when you hit a home run? Like when you what drop is when a you, home run. What, yeah, what is a home run? Like when you, what is that feeling of like I think I'm about to try this. Let me just see if this works. Drop it, and you watch the people actively lose their mind. What what is that feeling? What is that? That thing? feeling is amazing. But then you just still you still have to be like you don't have time to bask in it. <laughs> right. You watch no everybody else stage drop. You're like I wish yeah. I could join that you, but like fun. Let me yeah. go back to work. Right, literally that. Right. And so, yeah. but the fun like if I if I if I don't get lost in it I'll bring the song back again and I'll just like you know bombs and then and then yeah. drop it again because mm-hmm. then it's like now the energy is even crazier for that second time that the actual verse hits or right. the hook hits or whatever so that's true yeah no. a good reset right. yeah. yeah yeah I did that um I had like a cute moment introducing like all of the acts for uh the show on what Thursday in Miami it was a rap caviar show and oh it was, yeah it was Megan, Trina, um, Sweetie, it was Melly, it was Do- Doja Cat, there was um, Kamaya came, there were so My many God. acts on this lineup, Damn. but like, <sighs> just like very, very talented women. And then it was like, just being, I'm dropping bombs between all the names. I was like, make some noise for Sweetie, boom. It just was like, so it was so much fun. It was really, really fun. That was a good one. So. Oh, and I did. Show. I did think about an album, though. You did. Yeah. Hold on, I let's did. talk about that show real quick. Okay. Who yeah, did yeah. you meet? Oh yeah. No. Okay. So like, a, like a couple hours before the show, um, they pretty much were like, "Hey, we're gonna have an extra, like an additional act come out. Um, you're probably gonna have to meet her." And I'm like, "All right, who is her?" And then come to find out, it's Lil Kim. And at that point, it was just like, "You, Damn. first off, how, <laughs> how, how, like, how could the show get any better?" And it right. was like adding Lil' Kim into it. And so the problem, the, there was people behind, don't see the behind the scenes shit. I had to get everybody's music that was going to be a guest for that show, right? So Danny Lay was a guest, sure. like Shansia was a guest, like all these people were getting thrown on, like were on the lineup, but didn't send me their music so beforehand. You to, so you have to have all of these records I had to have, a, yeah, I don't do the let me plug in right now shit, like right. all my USB ports are being used, like sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like, I didn't get that until maybe like just before my set. Oh. And I'm like, damn, man, like people don't even realize. And then for Kim's performance, whoever created this like master set for hers, 
they bleeded all of the the songs into each other. So like wherever it was that she wanted to start, it was just like it faded out, it but then went right into, right into something yeah. Else. Right. So then they're like, so that's when I had to talk to Kim and be like, how do you how do you want to go about this? Like, do you want me to stop between each one, drop a bomb, let you talk, whatever? And she was nice. She was just like, she was just like, she didn't really want to talk that much. She just wanted to perform the records and stuff, mm. but for me to have to go and find those parts still yeah. oh my while God. the show while is the show, going that on. Like so stress. meticulous. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was crazy. And there was like a moment where like I had, there was another DJ, her name is um, Damo. She's from DC, amazing DJ also. And she had opened up. And so throughout my set, there was random times they had to pull me away and she had to go and continue to play off my computer. Uh -huh. Playing on another DJ's computer is okay, like the craziest all, thing ever. Oh my God. Oh yeah, no. My settings on my life, you know how you, on a MacBook you slide up or down yeah. and it's just <laughs> so much <laughs> custom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mine is literally always different from everybody else's. And I felt so bad cause she's just like, the screen's gone now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. But we, man, that show, we killed that show that we killed that show that show was crazy oh my god I, it was a bounce that yeah it was literally a bounce that we had girls come up on stage twerking like doing like a little twerk competition like everything about those moments that were amazing were because it was it a bounce that party and i'm mm. like this is what it looks like on that level you know yeah. And um, yeah, that shit was fucking epic. And there was even like random like improvising moments. I was backstage. You guys know um, Saucy Santana? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I I played his record earlier in the night and the crowd went crazy. And I was just like, let me ask them if they'll let me bring him out to play, perform the song again. Right? Oh my what? God. Let me tell you something. <laughs> what? And they, everybody, and one of the, I'm not even gonna say her name, one act chose not to be on time she was sitting in her car in the fucking parking lot this is what they told me and it pushed it, it ruined all of the set she times. was trying to be fashionably late probably but every single set got ruined after that so i couldn't even i couldn't even figure out when i was supposed to go back on ever right so i was just like fuck it if we're not following any fucking rules so I, bring out saucy tantana yeah, 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 yeah let me tell you something this man walked up onto that stage and it was, it might have been his own show. The whole crowd <laughs> went fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. I was like, yes, this had, like, that was a mo I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know that that was what was going to happen. But you just produced it just that quickly. Yeah. Like, boom, yeah, now we're going to program this. And yeah. the people lose their They were mind. like, oh, he can only do two minutes. I'm like, the song is That's all we need. Yeah, That's all yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to fuck yeah. this shit up and leave. that party. Yeah. Yeah. So, that yeah. sounds like a home run. That's a home run. Yeah, that was yeah, absolutely. That, that sounds home like a that was, home and, run. And like, I've been having like a lot of amazing wins like that. Like when I did my last Afropunk set, it felt like a big win. It was like I'm in Atlanta, and like a lot of these people have seen me doing Afropunk the last three years now. So it's like people were waiting for my set. I was one of like the late, the late sets of the night, and it was just like I got to do whatever I wanted, and people were receptive to it. Like I did like a cute little '90s house set, you know, and it was just like. Everyone was singing along. I'm like, this is perfect. I felt so, like, the next day I was like, I feel so good. This feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. Had, you had an album? Okay. So, yeah. So, on the way here, I was just like, man, what are some albums that, like, front to back, I, I probably could sing without the song playing at all? Mm. And I remembered one album and then I thought it was funny again. 
Usher Confessions, 2004. <laughs> oh my God. This album came out, and I literally, from front to back, all the ad libs, I knew all the fucking skits in between. Like, that you was know my. the ad libs. That's yeah. how you know it's that, love. Like, I, And that's another thing. People were like, oh, she'd be turning up rap parties, but I am an RB lover, like, at heart. Like, I love RB music. And so I'm singing along. I can't relate to nothing. And I am <laughs> but, singing but this shit. Like, yeah. Somehow, like, Absolutely. Yeah. I know and so, nothing about cheating on my baby mama but shit I'm gonna slide yeah, yeah, across yeah, these yeah, hardwood yeah. floors right. begging yeah, yeah, yeah. her right. for forgiveness right so that's me all the time that, that was my album <laughs> and then in, in, in hindsight it's fucking Usher it's fucking right. Atlanta, Atlanta still so yeah. I thought that was Full crazy circle yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like Confessions is probably you know how I don't know if it has it anymore but you know how Apple Music or iTunes used to have like the play counter I feel oh, like yeah. that's probably the the, like one of the highest played albums on everybody's iTunes across the board. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when Confessions yeah. was a thing. That's a universal yeah. album. It's a universal yeah. album to where it's like when Confessions was out, it was a thing you were all the playing and you were hearing all the time. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. He's one person I haven't seen perform yet, so that would kind of be cool. If he played records off that, I'd be screaming. I'd you be- know, the funny thing about it is, as long as I've been in Atlanta, the first time I saw Usher perform really was just at one music fest. Really? What, during KP the oh, Great? Oh, Came out during, yeah. yeah. Came out with KP and it was like, oh shit. That's how sad I wasn't there. I was like, he brought out Usher. (laughs) No, but you know, you want to know something? Like Usher did more of like the turned up records from what I. I mean, he did that. He did that one stunt where he like executes a plank on the stage and he like sort of like gyrates oh, yeah, his crotch yeah, like yeah, up yeah, and down yeah, yeah. like so it looks like a wave or whatever so that did happen but I remember um, like Jermaine Dupree and Dallas Austin came up to the set because One Music Fest gave them like some sort of honor I remember like in the trailer ahead of that award um, they played a little bit of Confessions Part 2 and like the whole crowd Everybody, was just like freaking yeah. out it's like yeah like we were all like you know that cheating bastard yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that was my album. I'm glad I remembered that on the way here. Okay, that's a good album. That's a, yeah, that's a solid that's album. A, that's a classic. I, yeah, I think majority of those songs, even like the B side shit, like I, if I heard it, I, sometimes I play random shit at a party. Like I might play a fucking superstar at the party, and girls mm-hmm. will remember, like know the words, or I'll play Bad Girl, you know. And it's just like that was very. Again, I, I wish I could relate to this stuff a little bit, but maybe not. Maybe I don't want to relate to that whole album. Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing with good music, right? Like, even if you have no relation to it whatsoever, you can feel it. Yeah. That's what makes right. it good, that's right? That's what makes yeah. it good. It's like, I have yeah. no, I can't, I've never lived any of it. Right. <laughs> when you say it, I feel like I have. And mm-hmm. that's all that matters. It takes you there. Yeah, it takes me there in that three and a half minutes. And sometimes that's all I need. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So before we got on the mics, also told us how she shows up to all her gigs like 30 minutes before, yeah. Ooh, before your set. Yeah. Oh, like, no, I'm there like early. Super early. Right. And I think that's amazing to be present, watch everyone's set and play yours like aware of what everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Like to have that mental capacity to freestyle a set, I think it's really difficult. Yeah. Uh, also remembering what everybody played it's like right. hundreds of songs you have a great memory like, yeah, no, no I'm just sitting there like noted 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 yeah. noted not this one, not yeah this one, and then not like while one. I'm scrolling through like different my all my unorganized crates I'm like can't play that played already can't play that played already See. like and so I'm doing this still while fucking playing the songs live like right. I don't that shit like, is a my lot. anxiety couldn't do that like I would yeah, be freaking looks, out. Yeah, it definitely looks like a very high anxiety. Cause she <laughs> never looks like she's guessing. 
Oh, like, wow. I'm seeing you play, and I'm never thinking, like, oh, Hostel's in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't know what to do. Like, it's so There's seamless. moments, man. There's moments I'm in that corner, and I'm like, where the fuck am I going? And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then you literally, the window's so tiny, because the, the hook is eight bars, and some intros are eight bars, and some intros are, are four. So... If I miss that last four bars, I can't drop that song there anymore. Right. I have to like wait till the next verse. Right. So you put yourself in a bad spot. So yeah. Now you have to That's crazy. Yes. Yeah, so if there's ever there's a moments where like I'm like fuck I missed it because someone asked me a question right when I was about to mix a song. It's like wow. Oh, <laughs> give me like a do not disturb sign wow. or whatever. Or you know how the bank tellers they have the window where you slide huh. open and close. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. People must think that uh, it is a fucking cakewalk to DJ and that it's it's like I'm not at work. It's just yeah. like, oh hey, how you been? And I'm That's like, just, yeah, 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 <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, at bro. work. I'll see you at the high school reunion. Oh, just, just go away. Yeah. The thing about it is like, a lot of the truth of the matter is like, there's a lot of great DJs, but there's a lot of DJs that suck. And it's not just that you <laughs> oh. suck necessarily because. No, I'm not naming anybody it's a by name. Truth. Yes. No, but I'm just saying like, when you're at a party and like the song, you're not getting a good mix. So it's like, why do we go from here to there? And it's all over the place and it's God, sloppy. The like. Worst. You know, even though as a party goer, I'm probably complaining like, "Yo, this DJ sucks." But at the same time, I mean, if you're if you're a veteran DJ, I guess you're supposed to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But like, I imagine that's very a high pressure situation. Like, damn, what do I play next? I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Like, I imagine it's like like disarming a bomb or like the, the Mission yeah. Impossible music yeah. is like always playing in the background. Yeah. And you're yeah. It's like, oh shit. Because you're like yeah. one wrong move away from and, like yeah, and killing be, yeah, the vibe. Do you know right how? painful it is to feel a whole dance floor empty out if you play the wrong song that's the other side of it too right we oh, talked about home runs right. but i guess that's the other end of it too like, like when you strike out when you strike out man because you can tell it doesn't yeah. happen that often i'm very blessed for that to not have had happen that often it happened like in the earlier stages of me being a dj but that's right. what programming is it's really just paying attention to what people are enjoying and also still like making sure you put your own little twist on it yeah. but sometimes the shit don't hit and then it's just like how do you get them back how the, like they're not gonna just be like you know what the next song's gonna be good they're already gone they're yeah. doing something else now they walk to the yeah. bar and they're looking yeah. alright so let me ask you this then do you have a go to set do you have a go to three four songs that is like alright I know I can just get these off um is there a clip I have somewhere? like there's like those little pockets, but it depends on like it's like a, I have like maybe like five or six of those little pockets. Like okay. let's say I am in Atlanta and I'm at a, a a party where it's like the person played all the new shit before me, but like I might throw in the the shoddy lows and the mm -hmm. and the knuck if you bucks and the right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really just like the you have to just see if it because it might not hit still. That's yeah, true. Yeah, depending know. on where you at. Yeah, so it's really just paying the fuck attention. And so, yeah, I don't know, people talking to you is, oh man, that's also why I come super fucking early. Because it's like, let's get all these fucking talk conversations now. Because <laughs> especially the last hour, don't talk to me while I'm like, what song was that again? Like, I'm trying yeah. to remember so I don't fucking play it. And then, right. Yeah, people right. don't even know. And I'm just smiling the whole time. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> having a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Don't you see the smile on my face? Yeah. Don't I look happy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you got bounce that with Red Bull. Plug the date for those who are in Atlanta. November 7th. The lineup is crazy. I told you my one year anniversary was my idea three years ago was to book Princess and Diamond. They weren't even fucking cool with each other then. Yeah. <gasps> and I was just like, 
this is what I want. And to have them be cool with them with each other yeah. now this year is like, this is great. Oh my God, I get to tell this to you now because, um, so I've been working with Red Bull Music Academy mm-hmm. since like around like 2015. Mm-hmm. And so when fulfilling my co- like contract applications for this year, um, they asked if I wanted to do something on, you know, Crime Mob and I was mm-hmm. like, perfect. So, I mean, the thing is, is like Diamond and Princess, they, uh, you know, they talked on their own like separate times or anything, but I didn't know that they were cool with each other either. Mm-hmm, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is how it's going to have to go because, you know, I Not was cool fig- with each other. Yeah, exactly, yeah. though. But then, um, but then, um, but then Prince, uh, Diamond, no, when Diamond was on the phone, she was like, hey, so if Red Bull wants to do anything like in the near future, have them pass along like my phone number and stuff. And I was like, cool. But then this was like right around the time that like Solange, you know, had gotten them back together for like, you know, the Met Gala and things like that. So I was like, oh, man, that'd be so amazing if they could reunite. And so when I saw your lineup, I was like, oh, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yes. that moment is what mm-hmm. allowed for that conversation to even happen. Because when I was talking to Adam, I was like, "The I want Princess and Diamond. And he's like, you have no idea. We just did a piece on them. And it was just like, damn, ser- serendipitous. Oh. That's why I'm like, that's crazy. Oh that's so crazy. I didn't know that was you. That's crazy. Well, uh, yeah. And I didn't know it was going to happen yeah. this way either. Okay. Yeah. That's it. So that's, a, that's like the headliners. We also have Queen Key. She's going to be performing. Molly oh, yeah. Brazy, Pineapple City. Um, we have a whole dedicated room to Afrobeat um, and Caribbean music. So that one's going to be cute. We have never done that where it's like a completely different room. Um, and just like a bunch of very uh, cool DJs that I'm fans of in Atlanta that are going to be a part of it. We got Jay Sport, um, we got Ape, um, we got Dakota, we have Hourglass, who's going to be in the Caribbean room, Bo Cat from New York, she's coming down. She's a Jamaican DJ and she's awesome. And um, yeah, and Mixmaster Chu too. Yeah, he's like um, one of the protégés, so like some of the biggest Afrobeat DJs oh, in the yeah. world. So that's going to be like a really, really great day. All it's gonna right. be a great day, and I think it's gonna be one of the biggest shows in Atlanta this year. For oh, sure. I'm being—I will be in attendance. Absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be. La- it's like, how do we make sure this is a viral ass fucking moment? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna play like "Nuck If You Buck," and I'm just—I'm just trying to figure out how to make it the biggest fucking moment this year, especially right. here. It's Atlanta, yeah, it's you know Atlanta. what I mean? Oh, right, and the fact right, that right, I get right. to produce oh, that makes that, it just so. I'm, I'm waiting for stilettos. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Pumps in the, the club. club. Yeah. I feel like the baddest yeah. bitch on earth when I saw you. Like, uh, how you like? How don't you like that song? I don't yeah. care how tough you are. Like, you like that song. You fam. are Mr. Thirty Two Flavors of Bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You like that song, Hilarious. fam. Don't play with me. Oh my Hilarious. gosh! So yeah, get, I mean, get your tickets now. Oh, so thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Man, that was amazing. Woo-hoo. Of course, this is you've been listening to the Something to Say podcast produced here in the Swats by Michael Saba. Uh, support us on Patreon.com/slash Something to Say. <laughs>